This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to the Whole Hog Football Podcast, bringing you the latest news, analysis, and more. Here's your host, Matt Jones, with Scotty Bordelon of the Hog Sports Network and wholehogsports.com. If there's ever a week for Arkansas to get right, it feels like this is the week as Arkansas hosts Mississippi State on Saturday at Razorback Stadium. The Bulldogs, they're going through a lot of the same things Arkansas is going through. Winless in SEC play, uh, real inconsistent in conference, probably a little bit more inconsistent even than Arkansas has been. Arkansas has been close in its games. Mississippi State's been blown out in some games, including against LSU and Alabama, who the Razorbacks played close on the road. You don't really want to compare scores, but if, if you look at how these two teams have fared against common opponents, you certainly would like Arkansas's chances to beat Mississippi State on Saturday and to top things off. Mississippi State doesn't know if they're going to have their star quarterback, Will Rogers, uh, who injured his shoulder a couple of weeks ago when they played Western Michigan. The Bulldogs were off last week coming into Fayetteville on a bye. I'm Matt Jones with Scotty Bordelon and Ethan Westerman of Whole Hog Sports. And, I, I, you know, let's start with the quarterback discussion because you go back to last year when Arkansas lost in Starkville, K.J. Jefferson didn't play, and Arkansas's offense was out of sync. And they lose that game 40 to 17. I feel like Jefferson last year and even this year was as integral to Arkansas's offense as Will Rogers is to Mississippi State. Rogers may even be more important to what the Bulldogs try to do. When you look at his numbers, he's thrown for over 11,000 yards and 92 touchdowns and really has only been the starter for a little over. Uh, you know, this is third season basically as the full-time starter at Mississippi State. He's put up, you know, just huge numbers for them in the passing games, prolific numbers, of course, under Mike Leach for a couple of years. Uh, the offense isn't as good this year, and I think that's not really a surprise to anyone who's who's paid attention, uh, knowing that, that Mike Leach had died. Uh, you know, his genius is what made the air raid offense go. If he can't play, Scotty, you like Arkansas's chances already, given how bad Mississippi State is defensively, the fact Arkansas is back home. If he can't play and Mike Wright, the Vanderbilt transfers their quarterback, I think you got to really like Arkansas. Yeah, I would think Arkansas um, has got a really good chance. I think depend. I think either way, like if Will Rogers was to play um, or if, if Mike Wright has to go, I think me and Ethan, you know, we're down in Birmingham for – SEC basketball media days and I think we were talking that on the way down I was like do you have a better shot if Will Rogers plays I mean I just I don't know because you've got the dual threat mm -hmm. um capability with with Mike Wright um and Will Rogers hasn't been exactly just lighting it up I know he had a really big day against South Carolina but that seems um to kind of be the norm um against South Carolina I guess um but yeah, Mike Wright hasn't thrown the ball much. Um, looking at his stats right now, he's eight for eleven for sixty-one yards and a touchdown. Really hasn't um, been asked to to throw the ball a whole lot. But where he could really hurt you is on the ground. Like he's, I mean, played in six games probably pretty sparingly, but he's he's rushed for three scores. And so I think he could he could potentially hurt you with his feet. And, you know, just based on years past, like Arkansas's defenses have struggled with dual threat quarterbacks. Um, but I think you kind of maybe have to throw that out the window a little bit now that you have a, a new defensive coordinator who's, I mean, surely preparing for that. Um, yeah, I think I think if, if Arkansas gets, gets um, 
gets Mike right, I think you you have to have a feel like you've got a pretty good shot. But I would, I mean, I feel good about Arkansas, um, maybe getting off their their losing skid either way. Um, but I would expect Mike right, Mike Wright to play. It doesn't sound like Zach Arnett's given much of an update on Will Rogers all week. Nope, very very nondescript. You know, Arkansas, they, they gave up some big passes to Milrow last week against Alabama, but they never let him really beat them with his feet like we thought they might. They, they kept him contained. Uh, they, and so that, you know, that's the most recent example we have against the dual threat quarterback. And the other question with Rodgers is, if he plays, is he 100% healthy? Is he 100% effective? Uh, that, that's something to think about, Ethan. You're right. And I think that, honestly, Arkansas' schedule to this point really helps them that they've played um, – several dual threat quarterbacks. They played Jaden Daniels, LSU, uh, Jackson Dart can run at Ole Miss and they played Milrow. I think that that really helps them out that um, if it is Mike, right, that it's not the first time you've seen a guy who can really run, but he's really fast. I mean, they put in some run uh, packages from the, just this year, um, even just getting, making sure he's on the field, kind of like how Arkansas tried to do with Malik Hornsby last year, even though that didn't really uh, pan out, but um but yeah, I think he he's actually second on their team in rushing yards right now with way fewer carries than uh, a lot of the guys who are behind him. So um, yeah, I think you have to feel pretty good about Arkansas's chances just with the uncertainty at quarterback. I think it's it is kind of neat looking at the parallel to last year how um, you know Arkansas was the team last year going in with their backup. But I think it is a little bit different because Will Rogers, like Scotty said, isn't really having the type of season that you're used to seeing him have. Um, so maybe maybe a change of some sort is maybe what they need. I don't know. Jaquavius Marks is another one from Mississippi State who's questionable this week with an injury. We saw him have a big game against Arkansas, I think two years ago. Uh, had you know was part of their big rushing attack last year uh, down in Starkville. People forget last year when they beat Arkansas, they ran the ball. I mean, I think it was the most rushing yards they'd ever had in Mike Leach's tenure not only at Mississippi State, but maybe ever as a head coach. They just ran the ball against Arkansas, and it was so odd to see Mississippi State uh, go to its running game uh, the way it did against the Razorbacks uh, last year in, in that, that big blowout victory in Starkville. Uh, for Arkansas, they're not going to have Rocket Sanders this week. There's a lot of other players who are kind of on the fence that we don't know if they're going to play. We They might play. They might not play. I think there's uh, a number of players – uh, who are in concussion protocol. Scotty, I know you've been following that a little bit closer. Just kind of give us a rundown of where they are from an injury standpoint. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of them. And I think it's it's just kind of the nature of um playing seven straight games uh in, in seven straight in seven weeks. Um I think Cam Ball was a guy that was at practice last year last week um in a limited capacity, but this week I think he's more Full go. I believe he's been in green at practice. Um, and I think Sam said they're they're pretty optimistic that they'll get Jalen Braxton back uh, at corner, which is a pretty big deal because you just don't know about the status of Dwight McGuather either. Um, he had a concussion in the AM game, missed the uh missed the Ole Miss game and then didn't play it against Alabama either. Um you need to I think you need to get you need to get Braxton back. Uh he's he's a kid that has come in and right away, you know, kind of earned himself a starting job. Um, I think it was, a, I think before he went out against Ole Miss, um, I think he had been targeted four times and didn't give up a reception. So the kid's kind of playing above his, um, above his age, um, really mature, really athletic, really, really fast. 
just a good player. Um, I think Chris Paul could be back this week. Um, seems like sounds like he's been at at practice, uh, based on what Tom's Tom's been writing, at least in a in a green no contact jersey. It'd be good to get him back. And if you do get him back, and he's healthy, like maybe kind of can give you um, some of the things that he did last season that make you feel pretty good about your linebacker depth with Jaheim Thomas, obviously, is their top guy. And then Antonio Greer last week, I thought he played really well. He got as many snaps, I think, 52 as as Jaheim Thomas did. So um, I think if you can find like a, a a solid, really solid top three at linebacker, I think you'll you'll feel pretty good about that second level. I'm interested to see what kind of the crowd they're going to have this weekend. You know, it's the first time back in five weeks, and and certainly I think a lot of people jumped off the bandwagon during that time. You know, I heard Sam Pittman in his interview with Chuck Barrett after the game in Tuscaloosa last week. He said, I'm hearing that it may be standing room only. That would surprise me if it was that packed uh, for this game, given the four-game or the five-game losing streak, uh, the 11 a.m. kickoff. I think that affects attendance somewhat. Uh, I'm just really interested to see what the reaction to the team is going to be this week because you know, I wrote this the other day. It's so much different than the last time they went through this type of losing streak, which was in the, the last year under Morris when they're losing four, five, six games in a row. I think it got to nine at the end of that year after he was fired, but they were losing by, you know, 26 and 30 and 41 and 41. And, and these last four games, even though they've been, disappointing outcomes or, or five games really they've all been disappointing outcomes they've all been close games they've all been games that Arkansas had a chance to win in the fourth quarter so I, I'm just interested to see what the, the feedback is going to be when they take the field on Saturday I think that you know your best shot at getting a good crowd is just the folks of people who before the season even started said looked at the the home schedule that's kind of <laughs> you know especially compared to last year and what we're getting next year just kind of a dud and said they I mean they wanted to catch a game this year. And so they picked this one out early. I mean, I just feel like the, the fan base, at least from my, um, from my perspective, it feels like it's kind of checked out a little bit um, right now, just, Mm -hmm. I mean, after this brutal stretch of losses. So, um, but I do think that, you know, that is the difference, like you said, between a losing streak like that this year and maybe in years past is you can't say that people haven't been tuned in watching every play. I mean, they're competitive and they're right in the thick of these big games. Um, so I, I think that people are still, you know, people still care. It's, I mean, I remember I was a student the last year of um, Chad Morris's tenure, and it was just, uh, they actually played Mississippi State that year at home as well. And I just remember sitting there in the student section, like, that was you? amazed at how, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I looked around, I was like, I can't believe that this is this empty right now. I don't think that you've gotten to that point where it's, people still care because it's a team that still, you can tell the team still cares. Um and I mean, I think that's just the difference in a losing streak this year compared to that year is it kind of just felt even that year, like not only were the fans checked out, but the team kind of felt mm-hmm. checked out. So um, it yeah, it's just a different feel. And I think that especially kind of considering that there is still some stuff to play for this year as far as trying to get bowl eligible. This I mean, this is a pretty big game. I, I mean, looking at it from both ends, Mississippi State and Arkansas both have to feel like this is a kind of I mean, a must win to just turn things around. Um, especially for Mississippi State coming off a bye week, and they have back-to-back games. They have Arkansas and Auburn back-to-back, which are kind of your two looking at it most winnable games. So it's a big mm-hmm. game for both teams, and maybe that'll bleed into the fan base uh, showing up and 
I guess I I mean I'll believe it if I see standing room only, but I I do think you'll draw a pretty nice crowd just with it being this time of year and like kind of the first opportunity to catch a game in the fall in Fayetteville. Yeah, I'm kind of with Ethan. I think that they're they're going to draw a, a solid crowd. I'm not going to say it, it'll be great or definitely not buying standing room only, um, but I think it'll be a solid crowd just because I think the vibe going into the weekend is maybe the fans feel like this could be a, a, a get right game, just kind of like, kind of like we're talking about, but it could be one of those. If Arkansas doesn't show well, um, it could be the game that maybe determines what the rest of the home crowds look like down the stretch where, you know, maybe there's just interest is just waning more and more every week, if that makes sense. Uh, but I do think, I think it's a combination of I think Arkansas has been competitive uh, for several weeks now uh, outside of the A&M game. And you're finally home. Let's be the first home game in 35 days. I think Sam made a joke the other day. He was like, man, I just drove by on the golf cart and that grass is green. It's so green. Best it's ever looked. Um, I think there'll be some excitement for the team. And um, I think fans want to get back in the stadium too. Like it's, It literally feels like it's been forever since they've played in there. Um, but I think this this game, if it doesn't go well, could be um, – I don't want to say it's like the last straw, but I think you could probably start seeing some noticeable differences in attendance yeah. in these these last few games if it doesn't go well. Yeah, it's it's a pivotal game. It's a pivotal game. And I think that you're going to – you know, what, what we see in November in the stands is really going to hinge a lot on what we see on the field Saturday and some what we see on the field – in Gainesville in two weeks after the bye week, you know, there's all this talk about whether or not Sam Pittman's on the hot seat. I don't particularly think he is. I mean, I I certainly think that it's, it's warmer than it was at the beginning of the season, but the fact that they're competitive, uh, the fact that, you know, we all know what the, the football team was when he took over. We know what he did two years ago. I don't think he's on the hot seat. I really don't. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Only one person, maybe two people, a handful of people really know, you know, what his standing is in terms of, uh, you know, job status. But one of the big reasons that Morris was fired, I think, was because you no know, people quit showing up to the games. Uh, one of the reasons I think Brett Bielema was fired was because people quit showing up to the games. Um, you know, people talk with their with with their attendance at these football games. And so it, it is going to be interesting just to see what it looks like, not only Saturday, uh, but over those three weeks in November. The Missouri game, you know, that's always kind of a tricky one because everybody's gone home for the holidays. It's it's on a Friday afternoon. Uh, that That's a little bit different story. But, you know, especially these next two Saturday games in Fayetteville are going to be really interesting to see what it looks like in the stands with Mississippi State and then Auburn on uh, November 11th. I want to go back to Rocket Sanders for a second because the feeling that I get is that he might not play again, not only this year, he may never play again as a Razorback, given that he's an, an NFL draft prospect. There's been a kind of a silence, Scotty, about whether or not they expect him back this year, almost to the point that the feeling is, and, and this is just this is just gut instinct listening to, you know, kind of trying to read between the lines. The feeling is that that he may not play again this year. Yeah, I'm honestly not going to be surprised if he doesn't. Um, and I, I don't want to like speak for Rocket, but just like maybe trying to climb inside his mind a little bit. You've got kind of a 
a need that's not right, right? And part of you being productive depends on the guys up front. And to this point, man, like with him or without him, they're not able to get anything going in the run game. And so maybe he's just making a business decision. Like maybe this isn't in my best interest. Um, I thought it was really interesting the other day, Sam got pointedly asked, like, is Rocket going to play again this year? And he said he didn't know. And I didn't really know what to to make of that, honestly. Um, because you, I mean, if anybody you feel like would know, it would be Sam and he just doesn't know, but he might not, he might just not know, you know, it could be completely up the rocket. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I won't be surprised if rocket doesn't play again this year. Um, maybe Ethan might have some, some insight on, on rocket having done that, that story on him, uh, in the summer, but man, it's, it's kind of a, he had he came into the season with so much hype and expectation, right? Coming off of last year was phenomenal last year. And then it almost just feels like it kind of let the air out of the balloon in the first in the first game. You know, he scores a couple touchdowns, but you know, never really got loose or stretched his legs in the open field or anything like that. And the best he's been this year has been in, in the screen game, you know, like I don't I don't know that he's really had many explosive runs. Uh, carrying the ball it's all been screenplay type stuff um, just been a weird year um, kind of unfortunate I was looking forward to to seeing if Rocket could, could maybe um, I don't know duplicate but um, you know maybe play up to those really high expectations this year and yeah I just I don't know that I don't know that we'll see him again and that that puts a lot of um, puts a lot of of the responsibility in the run game on, on AJ Green and Rashad Dubinion who have been really good at times, but there's other times where um, they just haven't been able to gain much traction on the ground. I feel like if Arkansas's run game is going to be successful, it's going to be because KJ Jefferson is successful. I mean, they ran for a hundred yards against Alabama last week. You adjust his rushing totals for sacks. And I think he ran for something like 64 yards, 68 yards, somewhere in that range. Uh, it just feels like, and, and, and we've said this, I don't know how many times on the podcast this year, they just got to, they got to take the reins off of him and, you know, let him get outside the pocket, let him get moving. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that's going to be the key to a successful run game, because if you've got KJ Jefferson uh, kind of humming, so to speak in the run game, then that opens up what the other backs, whether it's Dominion or green or things they can do in the passing game, it just, it just opens up the whole thing. And so I, I think that's the key to their success. And maybe last week, uh, their game against Alabama changes something in the run game. I, I thought it was encouraging the fact that Alabama is a really good defensive team and that Arkansas ran for 100 yards against Alabama. It's it's not a high run total. I, I get that. You know, it's not a high average total. I think it was less than three yards per carry they had in the game. But given where they had come from the previous two weeks, including struggling against a bad run defense and Ole Miss, I thought that that was an encouraging step last week to to run the way that it did against the Crimson Tide. And you look at Mississippi State, this has been a team that, that really has not been able to defend the run this year. Yeah, I know. And the two times that they've really played a dual-threat quarterback, um, at least the notable ones in my head, against Jaden Daniels and uh, Jalen Milrow, they gave up over 60 rushing yards to each of those, um, each of those guys. 
And so you wonder if it is a game that KJ can maybe open things up a little bit with his legs. Um, I mean, Mississippi State hasn't shown it can defend the pass at all this year. So you wonder if Arkansas can get its run game going somehow. I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but maybe this is the week. Um, if it can get its run game going or even just KJ getting going a little bit. And uh, maybe this is the type of game where they can finally bust out and have a pretty good offensive showing. I, I feel like we've said that several times here in recent weeks against some of these defenses they're going against. But, um, you know, this this really does feel like the week that um, that maybe Arkansas can have a good day on offense. I was telling Scotty, he's probably sick of this stat because I followed him. It just blows my mind. I, Mississippi State, through, three, uh, th- through its three SEC games, have allowed a combined 11 incompletions to quarterbacks um, that they've played. And they're passing it like I think like eighty five percent completion rate. These are just SEC games. But then even uh, in their last game against Western Michigan, they had to go against their third stringer who, and they almost gave up three hundred passing yards to that guy. So they're really having trouble in the secondary right now. Um, you wonder if Arkansas can establish the run if they can just maybe have a little bit of a field day um, through the year too. Yeah, I just pulled up some Mississippi State's box scores here. Uh, you mentioned the the dual threat quarterbacks, Ethan. Jaden Daniels, fifteen carries for sixty four yards and two touchdowns against them. Uh, Jaden DeLora of Arizona in the game where it went to overtime in Starkville, eight carries for forty four yards, a touchdown. Uh, Spencer Radler, a guy who I think gets forgotten a little bit as a dual threat quarterback, when they played South Carolina a couple of weeks ago, eight carries, sixty seven yards. Uh, for Radler in that game. And of course, you know, he had big passing stats in that game too. It was probably his best game of the year so far. And then Jalen Milrow ran 11 times for 69 yards against Mississippi City. He actually had 92 yards gained, uh, but also lost 23, I would assume, due to some sacks. And he ran for a couple of touchdowns. So that goes to say that the, the dual threat quarterbacks have, have had a great year against Mississippi State, just like you said. And, and Scotty, I think that speaks to, <laughs> it could be a good day for KJ. Yeah, it really could. Um, thought he looked KJ looked pretty good last week. He had a couple twenty yard runs against Alabama. Kind of looked like kind of a flashback to the the old him, I guess, from from last season or the season before last. I just think like if there's we said if there's a week for Arkansas to get right, just in general as a team, it's this week. I think if there's a week to get your run game going, it's this week. Um, Mississippi State's eleventh in the league in conference games. Um, and rushing yards allowed, and only Vanderbilt and South Carolina have given up more rushing touchdowns. Um, so I think, and I think, I don't think Mississippi State's run defense grade on Pro Football Focus is very good either, mm-hmm. um, or at least it kind of stacks up toward the toward the bottom of the league. So it could be a get right game for the run game for the offensive line. Maybe you get KJ going a little bit in the run game. Um, all that would. I mean, if you can do all those things, I think you got to feel pretty good about um, getting off this losing streak and and maybe hitting that, um, getting getting pretty close to to maybe topping that that spread number. The Whole Hog Football Podcast is sponsored by Kindle King Design Display Signage KindleKing.com. That's K-E-N-D-A-L-K-I-N-G.com. The Kindle King Group family of companies plays to win, just like our hogs. We know how demanding retail marketing is today. From digital omni-channel creative services, through in-store signing and displays, and finally to social influence, we've got you covered. Our KKG Inc. family of companies, 
Kindle King, Shopcart Creative, and Soapbox Influence are winning with multiple retailers and brands. We play to win and we'll be a winning partner for all your retail marketing service needs. Go Hogs! Prediction time now. Just four SEC games this week. This is a bye week for a lot of SEC teams. And then LSU hosts Army on Saturday. LSU has played more conference games than anybody else, in part because they played Mississippi State in week two. That was the first SEC game uh, of the season that those two teams played. Okay, so last week when we did the predictions, I used this efficiency rating tool that I've been tinkering with uh, to give the winner. I'm going to do that again. I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to try to give the score uh, based on what this gives me. We'll see how close we get this week. We'll start with Tennessee at Alabama. It's the SEC game of the week. It's going to be on CBS at 2.30 Saturday, the third Saturday in October game. Uh, you know, it's a, a, a great rivalry there. This year it's in Tuscaloosa. Tennessee won last year. They tore down the goalposts, threw them in the Tennessee River. And this is the first of two straight revenge games for the Crimson Tide, Scotty. Yeah, I think this could be a, a get-back game for Alabama. And maybe last week against Arkansas was maybe served as a little bit of a wake-up call. You know, um, Alabama's got to be on their toes because Tennessee's offense is really good and your efficiency numbers are like in Tennessee's defense too. Um, I like, I, I like, I like Alabama, but I think it's going to be fairly close. I just, I, I think both of these teams have really good defenses. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of like you, um, earlier when we were picking, picking games with Alabama playing at home. I just don't think lightning strikes twice mm -hmm. in the same place. I'm, I'm going to take Bama at home. Yeah, I like Bama as well by quite a bit. I think that, um, you know, I said it last week, I thought that the Arkansas game just fell at such a like a trap time for them as far as just playing at 11 a.m. is weird in Tuscaloosa. And it came in between, you know, big games against Texas A&M and Tennessee, just sandwiched there in the middle. I think that Arkansas was probably a little bit of a wake-up call, though, just almost losing that game. Um, I think that Alabama's had this one circled for a while after last year. Um, and, yeah, I don't – I just – like you said, Scotty, I don't see Alabama losing at home again this year. Um, so I'll go with Alabama by maybe a touchdown or so. What's that stat? Nick Saban is 32-0 and at Bryant-Denny in the month of October. I think he goes to 33-0 and this week. I think they beat Tennessee. Uh, to Scotty's point about the efficiency ratings, uh, Tennessee's offense actually – it doesn't like Tennessee's offense right now. They, they had a good number against South Carolina in their second SEC game. But part of this has to do with the fact they played a couple of good defenses or, or one good defense in A&M last week, a great defense. And they struggled quite a bit with A&M. You know, the big play in that game was a special team's punt return for a touchdown. But even against Florida in week one or in their first SEC game, uh, the, the offense just didn't perform very well to 16 points and 10 offensive possessions against the Gators. Alabama's got the number two defense in the league behind A&M. Uh, I think Alabama wins this, but you know the, the one thing that jumps out to me is Tennessee's defensive efficiency is really high. I think this could be a lot lower scoring game last year. It was 52-49 last year. Uh, the, the model gives us a 25-19 Alabama win. I, I think it could be a sneaky good defensive game Saturday in Tuscaloosa. All right, get to the later games. Uh, actually, another 2.30 kickoff. It's going to be on SEC Network. I don't know that many people outside of Columbia, South Carolina, and Columbia, Missouri will watch this, but it's the Battle of Columbia. They actually have a trophy for this, by the way. I don't know if you guys know that. Between South Carolina and Missouri, that's going to be on SEC Network. Yeah, you got a team in South Carolina coming off a 
pretty disappointing home loss. And then a team in Missouri who's back at home coming off a pretty impressive road win mm -hmm. uh, at Kentucky last week. I did, I, I'm, I'm riding with, with Missouri. I'm so impressed with their with their offense and their playmakers. I like them by, by 10 plus. I'm the same way as you. I think that this is, um, I, I think this is actually a pretty good Missouri team. Um, I think this is going to be a shootout though. Um, these two offenses, but I don't see them losing to South Carolina at home after what we've seen from South Carolina recently. I think Missouri could sneakily maybe get to like nine or 10 wins this year and just in a super sneaky way. They've, uh, I really like Luther Burden. Um, I think Brady Cook's pretty good. And with this being at home, I just don't see him losing. The efficiency ratings have Missouri as a 10-win team in the regular season. Uh, I've, I've got them by a touchdown, 35 to 28. I think Cook is playing well. Their defense is maybe a little bit underrated, kind of like Arkansas. You know, Arkansas's got the number five defensive efficiency. Missouri's right there behind them by four points at number six. Uh, you know, and South Carolina, it just seems like this is kind of one of those years where it's coming unhinged for them. Like Shane Beamer broke his foot the other day, kicking something uh, because he got mad after their loss against Florida. That's not a good look for your head coach. Um, and, and I don't know, it, it just, it screams to me just a lack of discipline within the team. If that's what you got going on at your head coaching level, uh, I, I think it trickles down. And to your point, Ethan, Missouri being a sneaky good team, I think it's a combination of they are a better team this year. I, I like Brady Cook as their quarterback. Uh, they've also got uh, Luther Burden, the the wide receiver, who's having a, a big type, Bolitnikov type year for them. But I think it's also a byproduct of the SEC being down, and they're taking advantage of that. I, I don't know that they've really beaten just a great team this year, but you know the they're they're beating the teams that are on their roster, and and they've certainly taken advantage of that. So I like Missouri uh, at home over South Carolina, six o'clock Saturday night on ESPN. Ole Miss goes to Auburn. It's the Hugh Freeze Reunion Bowl as he takes on the Rebels who are coming off a of bye week. My gut is saying that Ole Miss goes into Auburn and rolls. And a lot of times my gut is wrong. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna pick Ole Miss to win the game, but I think it'll be closer I think it'll be a closer game than, than maybe a lot of people expect. I have no idea why. I think that way, and because I have no confidence in Auburn's offense whatsoever, um, all my confidence really is in Ole Miss's offense, and I think their defense. I don't know what the numbers say, but I think it's it's a team that its defense maybe isn't as bad as people think. Even though that LSU game did happen, I get that um, LSU's going to score a bunch of points on everybody, but I, I do think I like Ole Miss, but maybe maybe closer than closer than the spreads maybe auburn covers scotty i'm literally holding a yellow number two ticonderoga pencil in my hand and i'm thinking lee corso closer than the experts think i'm with y'all i think that this one's actually um i think this one could resemble kind of the game arkansas had against ole miss auburn just doesn't have enough offense in my opinion to to hang with them i, I think that they could maybe have a good defensive showing kind of similar to how arkansas did especially after um Last week they played LSU, and nobody's been able to slow down LSU, but they gave up 48 points in that game. But we saw them against uh, Georgia hold them to 27. They held A&M to 27. I think they've got a pretty good defense still. Um, but I just I just don't think they have enough offense to, to beat Ole Miss, even at home. Auburn is bad. They're a bad football team this year. We saw it when they went to Cal and they struggled in week two. Their offense is just – it's almost like it's non-existent. I mean, their offensive efficiency numbers are – are way down 
the, the rest of the SEC. And that's even after playing LSU last week. And we know what kind of defense LSU has. Uh, Auburn's only scored 41 points on offense through three SEC games. They scored three against A&M, 20 against Georgia, which was a little bit of a surprise. They scored 18 against LSU the other day. I just don't, I don't think this is a good Auburn offense. And I, I really am at a point that if they can't beat Mississippi State, I wonder if they go winless in the SEC this year just because of their inability to score points and their defensive efficiency ratings aren't very good either. That said, uh, the, the model has Ole Miss by 10, 33-23. Um, we'll see if it's that close. It had Auburn a lot closer against LSU last week than I felt like that game was going to be. And obviously, you know, it ended up being a 30-point spread. This has kind of got the same feeling with the exception that it's going to be played at Jordan-Hare Stadium, uh, that you've got a really good offense against a really bad offense. And it feels like when that's the case, uh, you can you can have some blowouts. And so I like Ole Miss big over Auburn, even though uh, this says Ole Miss by 10. And then finally, ESPN Saturday morning, 11 o'clock kickoff, Mississippi State and Arkansas. Mississippi State's uh, efficiency ratings are really poor this year. Offensively, just a 264 efficiency rating. I think that's 11th or 12th in the SEC behind Arkansas. I know that. And then defensively, a 562 efficiency rating, which is really bad. Think about this in, in terms of like a, a baseball uh, pitcher's batting average against. They're giving up, uh, basically teams are scoring 56% of all of the potential points that they could score against Mississippi State in SEC play. LSU scored 41 in nine possessions. South Carolina scored 37 in 11 possessions. Alabama scored 40 in 10 possessions. And so when we talk about a get-right game for Arkansas's offense, that's what we're talking about is that Mississippi State, Scotty, has had a, a really hard time getting off the field. Yeah, they have. I think there's a couple of things for me. I like Arkansas in the game. Um, not sure by how much, um, but I think Arkansas has got to limit Tulu Griffin. He's been, he was really good against South Carolina uh, a few weeks back. I think he's got the single game high um, by an SEC player in terms of receiving yards this season. He's been kind of okay. He's been okay in several of their other games, but had a really big game that, that day. Um, really good. He's a really good return specialist. So I think it's probably going to be important for Cam Little, who's been really consistent on, on kickoffs, hitting touchbacks. I think he's got to do that, keep the ball out of his hands that way. Um, and Arkansas secondary has got to keep him in front. Uh, I think limiting big plays in the passing game is, is a pretty big deal because that was kind of Arkansas's Achilles heel last week. Um, and then I think Arkansas just got, I think they got to get their run game going. I mean, they don't have, they haven't rushed for a touchdown since the last time they played a home game. How cra like that is unbelievable. I was looking at CFB stats earlier, which goes back to 2009. They haven't had a streak without a rushing touchdown longer than three games before this season. Um, I think they're they're at four games right now. Don't have one in SEC play. Every other team in the league's got at least three. Uh, Arkansas's got to get the run game going. I think there's there's a decent chance they could run for um, definitely over a hundred, maybe 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 a buck fifty this week. I think that's about what Mississippi State's been giving up on average. Feels weird saying this just because I I just haven't been super high on Arkansas in any of these picks recently, but I like Arkansas by a lot in this game actually. I just this Mississippi State defense is really really struggling. I think Arkansas has been so battle tested at this point of like games that they feel like they should have won, um, but didn't. I think that they start out really hot on Saturday. I think that it's um 
the type of game that you're going to see Arkansas finally put some stuff together offensively. And I think with all the uncertainty on, on um, the offensive side of the ball for Mississippi State, that um, it could be a good day for the defense as well. So I like Arkansas pretty big in this one, actually. Keep in mind these efficiency scores that, that were given, and I'm talking about the, the ones that predict the, the winners and losers. They don't take into factor a lot of variables like injured players, home field advantage, anything like that. Uh, it, it's just basically points and possessions and, and what have you done with the number of opportunities that you've had uh, both offensively and defensively. It likes Arkansas 30 to 23. I think it could be a lot bigger if Will Rogers doesn't play for Mississippi State. Um, if Jaquavius Marks doesn't play for Mississippi State, I, I think those are, are really big, uh, you know, kind of variables here in this game. Uh, I'll tell you one other player to watch, though, for, for the Bulldogs is, is their linebacker, Jet Johnson. He has got six and a half tackles for loss, four sacks this year, 66 tackles. He's been a tackling machine for the Bulldogs. There's talk about him potentially being uh, the defensive player of the year. I don't think they're going to give defensive player of the year in the SEC to a team or a player on a team with a defense as bad as his, but he stands out for how bad Mississippi State is defensively around him. How does Arkansas kind of neutralize him? Can they neutralize him? I think that's a big key in this game. But, you know, I'm with you guys. I think Arkansas wins this. I think they've got the potential to win it by, you know, double digits uh, just because of, again, how bad Mississippi State has been defensively. In their three SEC games, they gave up 41 to LSU. They gave up 37 to South Carolina. They gave up 40 to Alabama and probably could have given up more to Alabama and LSU, but they kind of took mercy on them in the second half of those games and got in some backups late in those games. So I, I like Arkansas's chances to win uh, by double digits this weekend. And if they don't win, then I think you might start hitting the panic button because if you can't beat Mississippi State, I don't know that there's a, another win on the SEC schedule outside of maybe Auburn. Uh, they've got to be able to beat Mississippi State at home. You don't put must win around you know any of these games. I, I think you know that kind of gets overblown. But I mean, this this is the type of game where if you lose it, it's 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 a bad deal for this football team, especially. You know, with all the, you know, with everything we talked about, how they haven't let go of the rope yet this year, losing to Mississippi State, that would feel like a letting go of the rope moment type or type moment to me. That, that's just kind of how I see it. So Arkansas and Mississippi State, 11 o'clock Saturday at Razorback Stadium. Hope you'll come to wholehogsports.com before and after the game. You can read all of our coverage leading up to and, and from that game. You can also read everything Scotty and Ethan and Bob Holt are writing from Birmingham at SEC Basketball Media Day. We'll be back with another Whole Hog Football podcast early next week to look back at the Mississippi State game. It'll be our only podcast of next week since there's a bye. And we'll see you next week. For Scotty Bordelon and Ethan Westerman, I'm Matt Jones. Thanks for joining us. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.